listening to the Nerds Assemble podcast. Episode 303 of the Nerds Assemble podcast. Ooh. I'm Emily. I'm Paul. And I'm Paul, aka Retroid. Uh, what have we got for you this episode? Well, um, everybody. Because the, the last one was at least two prime ministers ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, so much has changed. The only consistency in government is Larry the Cat at the moment. Um, so, like. I trust Larry. Yeah, I think everyone trusts Larry. I mean,. We'd be pretty safe in his paws. Yeah, lot, lots more napping and yeah. less crashing the economy. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, um, all three of us have watched Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who. <sighs> so that's going to be one of the main talking points tonight. <laughs> We've also got a really weird, scary story to tell you from the depths of the interwebs. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to. I've I've tried to limit us a little bit, or else that the heavily pregnant person on this podcast might be um, desperate to move at some point. Just saying. Just saying. Um, so anyway, so Doctor Who aired on Sunday. It was. Was this was this technically Chibnall's final episode, or is he responsible for all the specials that are happening before we ever have a proper series again? I, th- I, I really it was, hope it was his last one. I thought it was his last one. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So then we're back to Russell T. Davies. Okay, cool, cool. So, so Paul, what, 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 what did you think of the episode? In, if if you were to say it short, in in a short short manner, <laughs> in a short short manner, yeah, um, I suppose typical Chibnall. Okay, uh, Retroid. What what did you think of this episode in a short short manner? Shite. Okay, cool. <laughs> Direct. What did I think? Of this, what did I think of this episode in a short short manner? Well, um. What the hell with that Cyberman doll? Hmm? The stupid what? little Cyberman. Yeah, See, I, that was a continuation from one of the previous. Well, say several previous episodes ago. I know, but Wait. my 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 issue is somebody, a Doctor Who companion, being stupid enough to fall for it. Yeah. Also, it was the Doctor Who companion who originally had either I think it was her mum or her auntie. Or something um, turned into one of those dolls by the master at the turn of the eighties in the the episode. Um, well, in the storyline that um, Tom Baker regenerates into uh, Peter Davison. So again, in theory, a character that should be well informed about the dangers of one of these things. Yeah, it's a, I. I should be really. 
um, you know, cautious about, you know, one of these little figures because that's apparently something that the, the master did at one point in his history. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it, it seemed like a creepy thing to do. And well, also, it, it means instead of making a big suit or making someone look dead, we can just do a tiny little doll. I mean, you know, oh, what, no, what? they're dead because they're a doll man. What got me is the fact that basically that was the Superman with the most personality in the history of Doctor Who. And he came back and kind of didn't say anything. He was basically just like, just there. Mm-hmm. You see, in a way, that was a perfect encapsulation of Chibnall Who. Because it's a reference, like the... I mean, did either of you know that about the you know the master turning people into little dolls thing from the you know the eighties? Did not. I've seen a few mm. bits of classic Who, but that's not. Yeah. I haven't seen it's, all of it. It's it's just um, I forget the name of the companion. Not Ace. Mm. Begins with T. Tegan. 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 Um, yeah, it it was. An episode where uh, yeah she gets introduced and it's it's basically yeah um, she's not in the car when it happens and she goes back to the car and her female elder relative is uh, now a little doll and he's like oh god how horrible so you know that that's kind of you know a yeah it's just there's a reference to an episode where I watched as a kid so it's a little while ago now it's at least maybe oh maybe five years. Mm. Um, just dead silence there, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there's all these little references and callbacks and look who we brought back and it's, this is a reference to this and, you know, I, you know, proving I know my who and stuff like that, but then what do any of these things actually do? Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost like some types of fashion that where you just keep adding elements to an item of clothing like oh you've got you've got some ribbons here oh we're gonna we're gonna add some ruffles there oh oh maybe we should add a belt here and you slowly maybe some cogs elements cogs um maybe let's add some goggles like and suddenly you've just Mm -hmm. got this horrible monstrous amalgamation of fashion yeah it's just i'm referencing these things what do they do Um, i just kind of like how they look Sounds a bit like um, oh, which postmodern theorist was it? He was a bit big on like picking and choosing stuff and not really thinking about the origins. Is that is that a bulljard? Bit or is that is more Frederick? A Frederick or Fredericks? Oh no, it's been Leotard. He's the Francois Leotard, might be. It's either that or it's a bit unbutto okay. Anyway, it's just kind of like picking and choosing crap. And it, it's been it's been way too long since I've university. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just kind See, of like now you two are feeling old. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, it's just like convoluted yeah. and just a mess. It's just it, it it was a ninety minute episode and I'm not sure where any of it went. You know? Mm. And, and just just the the zero sum things with the oh uh, you know shall we spoiler some things oh yeah so the spoilers the spoilers people if you if you if you ain't seen the freaking thing yet and you're listening to this episode I think just 
ran away. I mean, hell, I'm going to be talking about like stuff like Halloween Ends, and we're going to be talking about She-Hulk and shit probably later. Like the spoilers this episode. Yeah, there are there are things, and they're going to be said. Other so, than yeah. other than my capsule review, which I stand by. Yes. Um, but there's there's the whole thing of oh, there's this big plot. And the Master has somehow got the Daleks and the Cybermen to cooperate, and it turns out that the answer, you know, the how we managed to do that because he's so brainy is basically say, we're going to get the Doctor, and they say, okay. But and then I- the, there's this whole thing which is a forced regeneration, which again is a reference yeah. to old Who. Because the, there's a storyline where um, Tom Baker's Doctor Again, I think you can see which era Tribunal grew up with. Hmm. Um, he's, he's put on trial. It's called the Trial of the Time Lords. And um, it's like, oh, Doctor, you've done some bad things. And he goes, have I? And they go, yes, here we are. And you know, it's all presented in a sort of a courtroom thing. And it turns out that no, but ah, yes, but maybe, etc. Anyway, but yeah, it's, you know, so forced regenerations are a thing for Time Lords. And it's the you yeah, know but, you have but, this. Well, but 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 the, but what about the weirdness with how the master then used that? Yeah, that was all just it, because it it was oh I'm going to kill you, Doctor, because I am bad and I will do bad things because I am bad, which but is basically the, also, the mo of the the master in this, isn't it? But also then leaving the body he had been using to then kind of occupy the. Sp- Doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's just what there's forced regeneration, but why should he just take over her body? I mean, the reason for that presumably is basically because the Doctor is the only actual Time Lord with unlimited regenerations, so it's kind of a, a grasp for immortality in essence. I, you see, I can understand that, but you know, I, that that's something I thought of as well. I'm glad you said, but um, hmm. was it ever said? No, no, but that's Chibnall. <laughs> I mean, Ch- Chibnall has a lot of ideas. Some of them good, some of them okay. Never is it actually effectively put on screen. No, I mean, I understand the um, you know the show not tell, and mm. I'm fine with that. In fact, I frequently prefer it, and I get annoyed with people with it. Well, why did this happen? It, because it's fucking shown on the screen. Mm why you know why this thing happened but there's so much in this it just it it, it happened because it was there yeah because you know it, it's oh the doctor's dead but you know the doctor isn't dead and then the whole thing is reversed and it means you know the doctor is back in their body and the master is back in his and you go well in the meantime where the hell was the doctor supposed to have gone other than hey we can get some you know some cameos in, well, and I mean, uh, and the Doctor kind of Deus Ex Machina Machinaed herself back alive as well. I'm, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no looking kind of forward to of... much more of that when Russell T Davies takes um, you know, charge <laughs> again. But, but, well, but yeah, also, can on. we consider for a moment for the fact why is it that she that the Doctor took on the appearance of the Master rather than just doing a whole Freaky Friday? If you're going to suddenly hmm. like. A Freaky Friday scenario would have made more sense than you've sort you've taken over the Doctor's butt, but you don't really look like the Doctor. What? 
it, it, that, it, I expected that because it would have made far more sense. You would have had the situation with, you know, the doctor going, hello, I am doctor and everything is fine. We need to do these clearly very dangerous and treacherous things, but you trust me because I'm the doctor. And, you know, the doctor in the master's body would have been, no, 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 look what's happened. That's actually the master. I'm the doctor. And everyone would be going, oh, you tricksy master, you. Oh, you're such a lad, aren't you? And go, actually, I know I'm not in any way. No, I mean, listen to imagine... me. I am, I am the fucking doctor. And it, at least that would have made sense instead of, I don't I, know, I a, thir- a third of it that just happened for. I'd imagine a... part of it's to do with the forced regeneration thing. Yeah, but you could have used the energy, surely, the force regeneration thing to be like, I'm going to like wipe your mind and instill my very essence inside of you. <laughs> yeah, and and you, I mean, you could have easily have just hand waved that away by saying, um, you know, we swap bodies, but you, you know, it burns through the regenerations or, you know, the rest of the, you know, this regeneration in that body. So therefore, you will have limited time to change anyone's mind and say, actually, no, I'm the doctor. I know I look like the master, but I'm the doctor. And again, that would have made more sense than the... What we got. <laughs> yeah. The... <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it's a really bad sign when, I mean, this is the Rise of Skywalker situation where you know, you're sitting down and you're talking about it and you're coming up with far better shit than ever ended up on the screen. <laughs> that would have made more sense for the characters and it would have been more satisfying for the viewers, but it's not what was presented. I mean, something else that irked me mm. was that Graham just randomly shows up without explanation. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you had a vague nod towards that with the whole um, sort of support group. Mm. Mm. That that was that was just about the only because I you know I watched it with my other half, and you know they've been a Doctor Who fan since you know they were tiny, mm. and I said to them, "This this is your Picard, isn't it?" <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, <laughs> see, you have to watch it because it's based on something that you know that you love. Mm. You know, for all its faults, but you, you you know you're just sitting there going, oh God, why are you doing this to me?' Can, Throughout can the I, entire thing, can I just say that for the record, I really enjoyed the first season of Picard, the first season, up until the final episode." Mm. And the second season, I did not enjoy anywhere near as much. I can't. I, mm. I, w- I was much more neutral and then sort of just sort of sank down with the first season with the, I can see what you're doing, but you're taking far too fucking long to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but And and the, the second season was, yeah, as, as I've said before, there's maybe about two episodes of storyline there. Mm. But the rest of it is... The rest of it is like this episode of Doctor Who, which was, you know, movie length. Yeah. But genuinely, why? <laughs> I mean, like, if I think about stuff that is kind of like two episodes crammed together, presented as a whole thing, mm. um, there's the second X-Files movie, for instance, from back in the day. Um, and that did feel like it was a two-parter that had been put together as a film, just yeah. 
for some reason they needed to do an X Files thing. Was was that the one with Billy Connolly? Yes, it was, and he yeah. was like a he was a, a child molesting priest. Yeah, um, he lived in a uh, sort of like gate, well, not gate, but like a sheltered community for other uh, similarly dangerous uh, members of, of faith. Um, I don't think I've watched that since it came out. I think I've watched it twice. Like I watched it when it came out. I watched it when I did like a rerun before there was the new seasons. Yeah. Um, of like all of X Files. Wow. But um, I haven't watched through all of X Files in a while. Maybe I should do that whilst I'm on maternity. Hmm. Anyway, hmm. I just. There was a lot of there was the usual lots of running around, lots of stuff happening for. I swear, it certainly it's been even worse than chipped up, but just stuff happening for not particularly obvious reasons. Or do you mean even worse in Chibnall's era? I think maybe even worse in Chibnall's era, but you know how I don't like Moffat and his grains of rice. I mean, yeah. Moffat was like a, I have to prove that I am smarter than everybody else. And sometimes it kind of worked, even though a lot of people didn't like it. And I, I feel like like I'm probably one of the few people that actually like the idea of like the timeless child in the sense of it's actually adding to, you know, the law. I, I actually liked but, it as well. I thought it was um, you know, a clever way of doing it because mm. the Time Lords have been well, frankly, Russell T. Davis, and you know, he didn't come up with the idea of the Time Lords being over. Mm. That was some of the like ex- you know expanded books and and such that he mm, okay. just kind of you know thought, oh, you know, that's good. Mm. I'll take that. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of there's not much you can do about it once you've said, oh, the you know Gallifrey's gone. Uh, that's a bit difficult then. What are we going to do with that? Mm. How are we, how can we expand on sort of Time Lord mythos? And the answer is to come up with something like that, which is, yeah, I actually quite like the idea of um, the Doctor is from elsewhere and was um, experimented on and you know, manipulated and I mean, that kind, kind of, of also partly explain why the Doctor is so unique as a Time Lord. It's because he or she isn't technically a Time Lord. Yeah, because uh, the Doctor will gallivant around and you know do all these things, and the rest of the Gallifreyans, I go, oh, you, do you stop doing that? And go, no. But like the the fact that you know the Doctor had that pocket watch and basically decided to you know drop it down into the TARDIS mm. to you know never look at it again, and it's just like no, no, that that that. That is not good. <laughs> I, I want to point out that the, the TARDIS might decide to just shit that out at some point. Literally. It's going to be really messy. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's just going to be something that comes up, isn't it? So, I mean, what what's the theories on why David Tennant is also now the 14th Doctor? I think it's because he isn't. You don't think he is? I think it's um, there will be if if there's any sensible reason. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. Indeed. It will be because he's 
um, you know, each regeneration can have a kind of a, you know, a personality and a purpose. Hmm. And whoever, whatever the doctor is, has decided that for a short time, just like, you know, the doctor became the war doctor. You know, it's, it's kind of harking back to this because, mm. you know, if the doctors still kind of exist in a way within the doctor, as hinted by, you know, the, the cameo highway yeah. bit, um, then it could just be, oh, I need this particular doctor with the way they think for this thing. Or it could, you know, th- there's a few reasons. It, c- it could just be because it's, um, because things are disrupted with the forced regeneration and then, mm. you know, you know, all of that, it could just be, yeah, it calls, just calls. We fancied getting David Tennant back and he's the most popular of the Russell yeah, T. Davis. That, that is, that is true. It's, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's, p- it's partly like, it's marketing. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's partly it's marketing. Look, we've got Tennant back, you know, for an episode or two. Mm. I think it's a little bit unfair on Hadji Prashant's um, thingy's name. He's, then properly coming back as coming as a doctor. Oh, Nkuti. Nkuti. I feel I feel like he's a little bit unfair on Nkuti because like he he's obviously been given this massive role, but before he gets to step into that role, he has to deal with one of the most popular doctors ever taking up some time. But that does kind of make me think, basically, because obviously that there's that new deal between like uh, was it the BBC and um, Disney. Disney about basically the rights for Doctor Who. Yeah, that's that um, whole thing, isn't it? Um, so, like, outside of the UK, Doctor Who is going to be shown on Disney+. Plus, um, Rather and, than BBC America, which is... Yeah. But I've got a feeling that Disney may actually have money involved in that now. Oh, I think they I, do. Which um, doesn't surprise me, because I remember um, when... Cutty was uh, actually, uh, you know, announced to be the next Doctor. There was like interviews with Russell T Davies and him, um, kind of going on, and basically Russell T Davies was not holding back against the Tories. So, do you think they've tried to future-proof <laughs> the future of Doctor Who in case the BBC loses all of its funding in the is it the spending review whatever bullshit the government's going to do in the next few so. years if the Tories are still in. I think so. Whether it's like on purpose or whether it's you know, I, um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a sensible move because they they it. haven't yeah. sold it. Mm. But if Disney's got you know a little bit of a cut when it comes to you know access abroad, then mm. they you know they can you know put a little bit more on the table, and God knows Doctor Who could do with a little bit more budget with some things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But generally, I feel really sorry for. Um, I can't remember the actress's name. Oh, um, Jodie Jodie Whittaker. Thank you. Yeah, Jodie Whittaker. I feel definitely really sorry for her because I think she's been dealt a really shit hand. Hmm. It, it's yeah. it's a bit like um, Capaldi with uh, he had one good season, mm. and that was his final season. And the rest of the time, he was he was just having to deal with absolute crap, you know, by and large. Mm. 
So it's it's just I, I I'm really hoping that with Russell T Davis coming back, and I know he's busier now than he was then. I hope it's more of a sort of a writer's room rather than a head writer rewriting everyone else's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Because, um, yeah, it, it's like I really liked Moffat's standalone stuff before he became showrunner. Yeah. So it's I just... I mean, it's obviously Moffat was responsible for certain enemies as well, like the Weeping Angels. I can't remember whether in Moffat's run, whether... It was only him that actually brought back the we- Weeping Angels, or whether it was like other writers as well. I, I think he, en- he ended up being other writers eventually. Okay, but yeah, it's it, it's kind of a it, it was a really good idea, really cool sort of Doctor Who type idea that sort of got run into the ground a little bit. Yeah, mm. yeah. Although I mean, same. Well, I think the 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 concept of River and. Um, Matt Smith's Doctor, like it was good, and it was kind of tragic, and it was interesting. But I think that was on the verge of basically becoming like a you know, oh, River's here again. Okay, mm. yeah. It. <sighs> but coming back to what we watched on Sunday slash Monday, depending on when people caught up with things. Yeah. But... <sighs> I just don't understand how TV like Doctor Who or what we've just been treated to for the, for the last few weird standalone C- series slash full series that we've had with Chip. How is something like that allowed to happen? Like, like you like you consider it that the BBC elsewhere, like in like general drama, seems to be able to commission effective drama pieces that like win awards and are like are acclaimed and stuff then you've got doctor who which while it it has a a cult favoritism among fans actually from a technical perspective like a writing perspective is very poor a lot of the time and the thing is, you can't say, oh, it's just because it's made for families. Because, well, no, because there's been family shows made over the years that have yeah. actually been really good tea time type weekend stuff and all that. So I, I just don't understand why there's this kind of, I suppose, editorial almost oversight blindness for Doctor Who. I, I mean, it used to be that there was a whole load of snobbery when it came to sci-fi. Mm. Even when it was um, some of the BBC's sci-fi stuff, um, both standalone and their ongoing things like Doctor Who, that you know they were doing the numbers, they were bringing in the cash for the corporation from you know overseas. But when it came to how they viewed it domestically, it was that weird cult kids thing that lots of adults watch for some reason. And I don't know it. It just feels like some, you know, some people in the Beeb never got past that. Hell, some, you know, some people never do get past the oh, yeah. sci-fi is for, you know, your idiot children. Yeah, but then if we if we consider like let's let's take a contemporary competitor that is from the BBC mm. for it, and that's the ongoing adaptation of his Dark Materials. Yeah, that I mean, I've only watched the first season. 
but that has i mean i know there's been more that has definitely had more uh, overseas in, involvement but at the same time this also seems to have um included making sure the writing's up to scratch like we all know how to make a bad adaptation of a philip pullman novel that happened in cinemas <laughs> with the golden compass um but like there is a maturity in the writing of a family show there that um well I say family show is a mature fact that I wouldn't let a I wouldn't let a six year old watch it but like a eleven, twelve year old I would. You know. But But um, then can yeah. I also point out with that that that's a co production. This is true. So does this mean then if with Disney bringing in their money, will they perhaps try to seek some quality control for their investment? <laughs> so we've just got a phone call from Disney to say make it less shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's cheaping allowed. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of difficult to say. It's kind of speculation yeah. in that respect. I mean, that there, are, there will be... Die hard, you know, kind of Doctor Who fans out like, no, no, it's always been fantastic and you know, can't prove otherwise. Um, and then there'll be people that are like, oh no, so watching it up until you know this era, and and then I just you know fell off the wagon type thing. And then there'll be misogynists that'll be like, you know, I, I, I've I've been a you know a Doctor Who fan, honestly, but I I, I had to turn off with Whitaker. We've got the ra- we've got the racists and the homophobes to look next to you next. They're all fun. Thank God they've changed. It's not a woman anymore. The only thing that would be worse is if they have a young gay black man. Oh, <laughs> shit. I, do, I am concerned about what so-called keyboard warriors might be doing once Nook stuff. Can, can I just say hand, hand on the heart? Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, totally. Every single occasion, whenever they've whinged about, oh no, they're making it more about you know politically correct. It's oh fuck off. I mean that that's the ultimate irony is the fact that basically they complain about like gender swapping or you know race swapping and whatnot, um, and turn around and say, oh well, you know, you, there's plenty of other you know female like either superheroes or you know this type of character or that type of character. You know, what why do you need to kind of you know change you know an existing one? And then they complain when you actually make an adaptation about an original female character. Miss Marvel. Yeah. Or She-Hulk. And it's just like, for fuck's sake. You you just basically want, you know, all of the heroes to be white, male, cis, blah, blah, blah. And you don't give a shit about anybody else. It's clear as day. Is that the only women that in the, you know, in the media should be shaggable? Yeah, that's the only reason they are there. And um, all the male characters are going to be excellent, and they're going to wish they were them, but they never will be because they're pieces of shit. I find it funny how a lot of something like female characters are more likely to be accused of being a a Mary Stew than a um, what's that? Is it John Stew? For, um, yeah, Mary, Mary, Mary Sue. Sue, and what's the male equivalent? Oh, because that's why I was saying John Stu. I think it's something like that. Ma- Matsu. <laughs> um, it's that, like yeah. more female characters tend to be get accused of being a Mary Sue versus male characters. It's like so. It's all right for male characters to be able to do everything, 
Well, it's not okay for female cats. Mm-mm. I, th- I think it all it really does oil ball down to, um, oh, yes, I want to be that person. And then, you know, someone not like them comes along and says, hey, I'd really like to be this person. And they go, no, 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 it has to be for me. It, it's not allowed to be for you in any way. It's supposed to be for me only. I mean, the irony is, of course, that everyone outside of the stereotypical demographic here that we're talking about, it's the, certainly when it comes to geek media, has had to put up with men mm. in those roles, white, pasty-ass men, waspy men, you know, for, for, for decades, um, and has been able to empathise with those characters and their needs and stuff. But apparently that's too much of a skill to expect a huge chunk of... Uh, male identifying fans to uh you know but i mean it's, get on board with it's like there's there's no winning with people like that in the sense of like um you know because obviously with she hulk i know we'll probably talk about yeah. it a bit later but with she hulk obviously that was made knowing those type of people yeah so it was kind of part of the reaction to that i mean pretty much like the the um, female ghostbusters uh, film also, Captain Marvel. Sorry, what? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. Yeah. So, it, like, those films were made knowing that basically they're just going to be written off as, you know, as, well, in a misogynistic way, in essence. Yeah. Yeah, just... Uh... But, I mean, I mean, I don't think the same thing happened with Doctor Who. I think it was literally just... You know, Chibnall was very confusing with that story. You know, with his storylines, it's you know, bit of a mess. I mean, but Jodie Whittaker was a you know a good doctor. She she did the best with what she was given. Yeah, I I feel like just to make another analogy, similar to my fashion one with Chibnall. His writing was a lot like you know when you try to build something out of Lego, um, mm. when you're a lot younger, especially, and you don't quite have all the right bricks, or you're not quite sure how to fit all the bricks in in a way that will make them super neat, and you just kind of you're trying to build a house, and you just kind of just stack them any which way, in order to make some walls and stuff, and stuff gets a bit like uneven and bits of, and maybe. Wild. Why Maybe does that a... wall have, have a bit sticking out? It's because yeah. those, those were the bricks I had. Yeah, sort of thing. And it just yeah. feels like Chibnall was kept doing that, even though he obviously had access to a very nice, fresh box of Lego. But he insisted on actually always using the old, very mismatched box that was basically dregs of what was left. Also, yeah. also Vinda returns. Mm. And crash lands. Only to be and, sent away again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I get, I get the fact that you know he's. What is he coming to rescue the doctor? How no, he, he was trying. He was looking for his family, and just he went through a random wormhole and ended up on the planet. For reasons, uh, yeah. For for reasons to suddenly be present in the episode. Nobody because forced this, him to this, be there. It's like, this is a character I've created. The character is now back. Why? Because he is. 
Why does you know? I want Graham back because it's the final episode. Why? He he just he's in a volcano. Obviously, he's walking around in a volcano. Hmm. That's what Graham does on his days off. He investigates volcanoes. I I would like to point out that it, the whole walking around inside volcanoes thing without any reasonable explanation <laughs> yeah. for how the fuck that was possible. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, this is not how Dante's Peak or is it Volcano, the one where they, is it is it LA or whatever gets freaking consumed by a fiery oblivion? The one with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that um, is, yeah. A, 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 the only reason you could walk in bits with the lava in um, volcano was because there was a metro system involved. Not not because of the volcano. Mm. Um, it's like that. That's not like, and and it wasn't like it was some secret heat loving lizard society um, living underground who'd made all these tunnels, but and also used architecture and tech to like keep the lava out of the way to some extent. Also, wouldn't the air be so hot down and there as to not be near have poisonous gases coming from yeah. all the volcanic vents. But yeah. So like like actually if you were gonna be like it makes sense that a Dalek could survive down there. That's fine. Humans with no protective like they could have at least had like space outfits on or some kind of thermal reflection outfit which I've seen people wear when they are trying to do like um, you know, sample. I can never remember the difference between ma- magma and lava, but you know when they're trying to do samples during an eruption. Yeah, and in, in order to get safely close, where they're got, like, trying to get safe, safely close to, and on land, in the yeah. open air. Yeah. Lava flow. Yeah. Not inside a volcano, in an enclosed space, with lava. I mean, I know it's a bit. I know, I know it's a bit much to expect realism from Doctor Who, but at the same time, why is it they were had spacesuits whilst trying to freaking um, jump on top of the oh, weird yeah, train. space train? Well, if, oh, was God, it a space I'd forgotten train? About the space whatever, train. Well, yeah, was it I a space train? What, however, whatever form of space it was traveling through mm. uh, from point A to B, it was traveling through train space. Train space. Obviously, like, like, um, but they had like you know the, the doctor everyone had freaking protective gear on for that, and then like nobody's got protective gear on. And keep in mind that Thingy's bloody um helmet got shot during that opening scene, so he had a massive bloody mm. hole. And whatever was going on, it wasn't bad enough that he didn't suddenly freeze to death or like die instantly of his lungs kind of exploding or whatever. Um, so like. But they had protective suits on, and yet you're in the middle of a freaking volcano. Which again, I like I point out, like Daleks, it makes sense because they, they 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 they're in armored suits to begin with. You know, I'm sure there's various bits of protection inside a, a Dalek mm. suit that makes them fine for. I mean, have we seen them fly in space? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so they're fine as long as they don't go in the bloody lava. They're fine, but um. Humans. Don't, don't, don't you know cockneys are you know naturally resistant to high heat? <laughs> I'm not sure that's what I've witnessed when I've been in London in the middle of the summer. That is I true. think I think everyone fucking suffers. Because um, it's it's just oh no, no, no. But, I mean I mean kind of look at you know, kind of all of Chipnall's run 
and you'll see that episodes basically bounce from location to location to location to location to location to location, to location. Um, you know, kind of completely different places and com- often at completely different times. Um, whereas I feel like uh, at least um, Moffat and uh, Russell T Davies, their runs, they, they generally tend to kind of stick to a situation. Why was the master pretending to be Rasputin? Because they found a beard in storage. Or do you think somebody watched the King's Men or King King's Man, mm. the King's Man, um, and thought, oh, uh, uh, Reese Ivans, Reese Ivans did like such a good job. We should follow that, but without, but with fewer martial arts. I. I- I mean, if I was feeling ungenerous, which is considering how I've already <laughs> described this episode, I'd say it's just because he wanted to put Ra Ra Rasputin in. Mm. Yes, I mean that was quite the. It's not. It was not an unexpected dance number, I mean, but it was an unexpected dance number in the sense of it was inappropriate for the moment. My my response to that moment was I I just fucked off out the room and got a mince pie. Do you know what's Do you know what's really good for for you know where where uh, Robert Sputin is like appropriate? It's on a copy of Just Dance. I can see that. Yeah, because, and it is it is one of the it's one of the classic songs because it came out in one of the early games. I mean, you can have if you got um the latest Just Dance and you got like um the online subscriptions and stuff. Yeah. Um, if if anyone's wondering, I am missing playing Just Dance, but I literally am not allowed to play it at the moment. <laughs> Would you even be able to at the moment? I'm doing Kaje plays and stuff, but the range of movement and the vigorousness of the movement necessary to actually play Just Dance mm-hmm. is far in excess of, of what you what can manage al- at the moment. Of one, what I can manage and what I'm allowed to, to do. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um I'm going to be looking forward to when I can finally start breaking out my moves again. The baby's going to be wondering what the fuck's going on as it sits in its cot or, you know, Moses basket or whatever. What the hell, mum? Baby seat looking up at me going like, what the fuck, mum? The fuck? I'm looking looking forward to that confused look. Anyway, I mean that, that's the thing because I mean as I danced to Rara Rasputin, like, like because obviously yes. Chibnall has uh, had in his earlier. Doctor Who career kind of tried to, you know, basically make kind of political points um, or social points about stuff with the subtlety of basically a, a massive hammer. hammer. Yeah, sledgehammer. Um, so I, I kind of feel like that could have been a, like a, a middle finger up to you know Putin, but I, I don't know how. Wait, I, th- I think you're giving him far too much credit. Yeah, I fair, don't... fair, yeah. It, it, it's just like when I'm watching Picard or something like that and, you know, I'm just asked why. <laughs> why did that happen? I can come up with reasons, with, you know, that would make sense in the universe. But I think most of the time it's because they, they wanted to. And it's just, that's, it just did. True. It's 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 like he's basically just gone. Okay, I want this, 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 and this in the episode. Um, how am I going to do that? <laughs> yeah, 
Well, you know what? It's it's like um, there are certain fanfic events where you're encouraged to use um, tropes mm. specifically, like actually not 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 just like they happen by organically, but you you choose a few that you're going to feature in your fanfic, and then you write your fanfic, and it, it and it does feel a bit kind of like he he's got this list of Doctor Who tropes. And he's just gone and pulled out like ten of them, which is quite a lot to try and fit into a, a creation. That's why um, it's, it was ninety minutes. <laughs> mm. uh, and, and then ends up giving you the overall impression that it might be what's commonly referred to in fandom circles as crack. You know, you know what? That I, I think I think Metroid has a different word for it. Yeah, you, you, you know what that reminds me of, though. That you know that kind of description. Mm. It's basically how J.J. Abrams does things. Mm. Oh, yeah, now that you mention it. It's just, it's the, these are the other things which worked previously, either for him or for whatever is worked on or whatever he likes or, you know, from wherever. Let's do that, but more. I think yes. part of the problem with J.J. Abrams is that basically he went uh, on TED and basically told everybody about how he, how he tells stories, which is basically the mystery box, which is all well and good, apart from the fact that now everybody knows J.J. Abrams uses the mystery box. So even he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And that kind of puts people off. Yeah. And the thing you can tell. Yeah. And it feels like Chibnall doesn't know what the fuck's going on either. And that kind of puts but, people but, off. But, but he's also very good at finding MacGuffins to throw into stuff, though. So many MacGuffins. It, From little what, what, c- it, cyber toys to really bad volcano but experiences. He, but he doesn't yes. think about them all the way through. No, of course not. It's just like... May that's I why, introduce that's you to Russell T. Davis? That's, that's why the MacGuffins. Because he doesn't it's, think it all yeah. the way through. It's anyway. yeah. It's it's like Russell T. Davis will write himself into a you know a corner with sci-fi, and then oh, I've got the Deus Ex Machina, and I can just you know flick a switch. Sometimes, literally in the episode, on but screen, at least, at and least it all goes might, away. But at least there might have been some appropriate characterization and encourage encourageable acting. Uh, and I, I would say that. Unless you're working class, in which case you your prob- your character is probably just going to be shouting. I, I would say that one thing that Russell T. Davies did have um, over the others is that basically he puts uh, an ongoing thing in the background. Like, she's in, like obviously with Bad Wolf or uh, Vote Saxon mm. and so like that was always kind of part of the background for, you know, his kind of episodes for the, of that season type thing. Uh, Moffat kind of. Grains was, of rice. Gra- gra- yeah, grains of rice and basically just did a like, oh, it's a mystery. That we're never gonna, you know, really actually uh, tell you the answer to. But which you, gonna go but, into you, but you needed to have found those little grains of rice during yeah. each episode to get something of a picture. Mm. Yeah, and then and then you've got the Chibnall approach, which is I'm thinking of the last season. Mm. You did. Oh, the I genuinely can't remember what the fuck happened, other than <laughs> some some of the things that happened, like Bloke looking for his family. And you had the, um, the 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 two sparkly ones going around, going we're we're sparkling and evil, ha ha ha. And then the doctor saying, "Oh, you know," and them saying, "Ah, oh, you can't undo this." And then the doctor saying, "Yeah, I can." I just did, and they go, "Oh." 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, everything's ending unless unless the doctor just says no, it's not, and then it's not. I f- I feel like if they're gonna continue to have like world ending type stuff going on, that you know we've had we haven't had much in the way of consequences. Like Chimnal mm. era, there's been a lack of consequences for poor actions, or or shit, or you have the only way you can make everything better is through a shitty decision, and you're gonna have to live with the consequences of that. May, may that, I just say, I, I have a bad feeling with about Picard season three. Oh boy. But I, I kind of feel like, especially with um, the Flux, he introduces new characters. Um, and like they're, they're quite iconic characters, like what is it that the, the, um, glittery the, dudes. the glittery dudes or the you know, the the um, dog uh, guardians things, Bridgies. What you don't remember the dog guardians? No, I do remember the dog guardians. I, I um, don't, so and then you've got like Vinda and his partner that's kind of out there somewhere, I think that was last season, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you had like the 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 woman that knew. The, the doctor or something like that who turned out to be a weeping angel in disguise mm. uh, so you had kind of interesting characters but they didn't really you know kind of do much to add to stuff it felt like that's because there were no consequences yeah they were just ideas and here i've got an idea here it is oh cool what are you going to do with it uh, <laughs> i could there. do anything i want with it so what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, oh, did anyone find it a bit weird that the lockdown of, um, what should we call it, unit? Is it unit? Yeah. The lockdown that happened. Oh, it did the doors, but it didn't cover the windows. So the when Ace sort of just was sort of like freaking, what do you call it? When you, is it, is it base jumping or whatever, mm. off the bloody building, yeah. the Daleks were able to shoot at her. And it's like, well, what, what, one, why aren't those windows like quadruple glazed? Two, why did, was there no shutter system to go down through the building considering that they bothered to do, what's the fucking point? In covering the exit, if the glass can still be broken, hmm. that is not containment. It's, see, that's that's just Brexit for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like freaking first season of The They've... Walking Dead near the end had better containment notions <laughs> at this version of the CDC in Atlanta than hmm. the multi-risky freaking unit location that's been. I mean, I'm not even sure if it's the if they've had to build new. You know, that place has been units been fucked over so many times since mm. the new Who. Like, of course, surely you would have metal shutters over everything if you go into lockdown. What the fuck? They've got they've got them on order, but they're held up in customs <laughs> because they you know they didn't sign you know the whole um, like you know free trade <laughs> thing, so it's it's just kind of stuck there. And of course. Um, one of the many prime ministers that was, you know, serving just pure, uh, just during the um, the time of that episode was being on. I'm talking in real time here. Mm-hmm. Um, managed to uh, crash the economy a bit more, so you know they <laughs> placed the orders, you know, for the shutters, but now they can't afford them. So now it's just like put a padlock on. I mean, and, kind and of hope that everyone is too polite and doesn't want to break the glass. Kind of felt a lot like. Um, Basically, there was kind of almost like a lack of budget for actually shooting outdoors 
in general mm-hmm. for especially mm-hmm. for that unit bit you know I mean, I get you're not obviously going to properly film someone for a BBC series like Doctor Who, like base jumping, even if it was a stunt person. Mm. But, but it, it just felt incredibly green screen. But mm-hmm. then if it was green screen, why weren't there shutters? God damn it, on those windows! Because the Daleks needed to know to who shoot. was... But- but yeah. she was able to get to the ground. I mean, okay, so she like the thing is though, so oh, she's suddenly in peril. So um, it, it gives a reason for Yaz to show off her TARDIS skills mm. and do a mid-air recovery. And it's like, or she could, or you could have just had the TARDIS appearing near the end of the whole descent, and she just falls into it anyway, gracefully, being like, oh, that was smooth. Like, like they didn't have, they didn't have to be peril at that point. They didn't. Ha- there, there was because it made no sense for there not to be shutters on those windows. But, the, but there had to be peril be- because. Oh my lord! I, I, I've just thought here. I, there were two things I liked about this story. I've just thought of them. <laughs> um, actually, three. Um, the one I've just thought of was that was Jupno's last story. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So that that's a definite, you know, tick mark. Um, two. Um, I I quite liked seeing Sylvester McCoy and to an extent Ace. I wasn't attached to Ace as a companion, but mm. I always thought you know that, Sylvester um, McCoy got was. yeah got um got a um a really shitty hand dealt to him. Mm. By you know a BBC that was just trying to run it into the ground with the this is making us money but we're not going to give it any money. So, yeah. Ever since I saw him in the you know the Doctor Who TV movie with uh, McGann, yeah. Um, I thought actually, yeah, I could have liked this Doctor if he'd been presented like this. You know, if this had been his TARDIS, um. And just, you know, just the way he was in that, I thought, yeah, I actually like this Doctor and I feel sorry that he got, you know, shafted so much. So it was, it was nice to see him and I liked the purple TARDIS <laughs> interior. I've just thought of another plot hole unless it was so buried in Chibnall's ridiculousness. Why the fuck did they kidnap that kid at the beginning of the episode? She was the, they were the power source they were that they the needed power- for the planet. Yeah, she, the, the twin planet. She she was the alien power source, and why yeah. why okay, was so alien I, power source being transported on a space train uh, the disguised thing is, like, as a child? And it's the like thing is, I, the thing is, though, is I watched the episode twice, and I still missed that plot well, point. That, no, they explained that the the child um, wasn't actually a child; it was a power source. It's just that one of the ways that it actually protects itself is by subconsciously um, detecting what you want to protect the most and putting itself uh, as that. In terms of, oh my god, what, what, why have they kept a coherent plot in a box chained up? <laughs> what if if the like if the that, thing, that's what I would want to protect? If if it's got uh, how how much agency could it have had as a being to not cooperate? Um, it's in a box. It's kind of difficult to say because, considering the fact that you know the way that the Doctor freed uh, it was basically by turning around saying, you know, you can, you know, pretty much unlock the change yourself. You know, 
Oh. And he goes, oh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> hmm. A flop, flop, flop. Except in space. Alien space flop. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just... That, that, that was a great, why would it work? Why would tunes work? And the answer is they wouldn't. So how do we explain that? We don't. We just say, oh, you can go now. It was just being very patient. Oh, my God. I, I could try to watch the episode for a third time to properly understand Emily, it. Emily, why would you do that to yourself? I, I, yeah, I really should well, do that you know, to You myself. could watch at least four episodes of Star Wars Rebels or Star Wars The Bad Batch. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny funny coincidence. I mean, I do kind of feel like... I held, I held back on that. You have to... <laughs> that, it feels like basically Chibnall stuff is incredibly densely packed, so it could be that basically people have just missed stuff while things have been going on and there have been no fucking breathers in the entire thing. But um, that sounds like there's too but, much credit being given yes, there. That, 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 that's going to be like, you have to watch it, uh, uh, you know, kind of all of his run I, uh, again, at least once, if not twice, in order to determine whether that's the case or not. who would want to do that to themselves? Yeah. I, I, mean, there I, are... I, I have another theory, you know, with that. Mm. Uh, Chibnall's writing is such bollocks that it causes your brain to go into shutdown. So when the <laughs> most glaringly obvious things, you know, will jump out at you on the screen, like the, why is that alien there? Oh, it's because it was waiting to be told it could go. <laughs> you know, your brain is, is is just too tired because it's it's, you know, it's spent... You know, the first five, ten minutes just screaming at the screen, going, why is this happening? Who the fuck is that? Why did they do that? Who's this? Why? Wouldn't they die there? Etc. That it just sort of exhausts itself and shuts down so it can just let the rest course over it. <laughs> I want to talk that, about something I, else. I I kind of, that's how I kind of felt with it, but yeah. yeah. I want to talk about something else. I want to change the topic completely if people are done talking about this. I, I was just going to say that it feels like one of the things about um, Chibnall's entire run is that there is this theme of basically not just kind of dealing with um, aliens in as, as they are in the universe, but like aliens from like kind of not necessarily parallel well, parallel universes, but from outside of the universe as well. That, 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 that keeps on being like, like a recurring theme. But yeah, but, maybe that's where he's from. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so complete <laughs> a, a change. universe of shite. Yes. <laughs> um, so turning away from this direction of discussion entirely into an entirely different area of discussion, like so far removed, you would believe it. Though it still crosses the path of fandom. Uh, a really freaking weird story surfaced on Reddit in the past month and I got a catch of it on um, I caught, caught wind of it on an wet Reddit archive site about and content and tr- well content one or trigger warning no trigger warnings for uh, discussions now of well uh, su- su- uh, suicide and self-harm um, and cults, and cults, um, and, and talks of grooming. 
But basically, um, this story, and it was a long-ass story, it had been posted on, I think, our advice originally. And this mother in what appears to be somewhere in North America, either the US or Canada, discovered one day after she got a phone call from her daughter's eldest daughter's school they were going to suspend her, discovered that day that her daughter had been deeply involved in uh, certain fandom communities of a certain nature um, where she was basically doing a lot of very unpleasant things, such as goading her former best friend into killing it, trying to kill herself. Thankfully, the best former best friend did not. And harming yourself and stuff. And other various other figures online. And this this thread is just unfucking believable in the sense of it is completely believable, but it's unfucking believable. Yeah. At least if you if you know what's been going on with fandom culture in young people over the past few years. So we've talked about antis before on this podcast. Well this this was a case of what we suspected has been going on with aunties being blown wide open because this mother discovered that her daughter was into what's known as the cookie fandom. There's an animated thing involving cookies. The ages of the cookies are not explicitly expressed, but some are assumed to be of a certain age and some are assumed to be not of a certain age and some are assumed to be related. They're freaking cookies. It's fiction. Who gives a what's it? Anyway, said said former best friend had uh, shipped a particular ship, which was apparently totally inappropriate. And this, so the girl that got in trouble for obviously trying to get people to kill themselves and such like had had been groomed into pursuing this line of thought by a older woman on a private discord server along with dozens and dozens of others of impressionable young people and it's it's all very odd because i've not really you know clashed with aunties i'm aware that there are some people um who have issues with the idea of certain characters having certain relationships in, you know, fiction. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, why would you be, um, you know, the sort of uh, Kylo, the, the, you know, the uh. shipping of um, Kylo Ren and, you know, Rey in you know, yeah. Star Wars. No, that's, I mean, that actually, I think that gets mostly referred to as Raylo, actually. Yeah. It, yeah. it shows how how much I give a shit about that particular you know, pairing, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I I just see the discourse around it. it pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. Often. But um, um, but um, it, it, it's it's basically the, 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 the anti yeah. stuff that goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. Ship's not okay because it will come up. They come up with the most ridiculous of reasons. Like there's an age gap. So, aunties of a certain yeah, age have suddenly got it into their heads that having large age gaps between people are not okay, and it's the equivalent of somebody trying to date someone who is a literal child. Because wasn't the age gap for these two particular characters supposed to be something like three years? Something like that, which is insane. 
It's like there are so many people who do not end up dating someone who is the same age as them. More often than not, there's going to be at least a year's age gap, if not way more. Technically, my first girlfriend was literally the same age to the day. Yeah. But that's just a random thing. Yeah, like there's a year apart between us. Yeah. Um, I've had, prior to yourself, I had a, a boyfriend who was at least what four years older than me. Um, he's now married to someone who's a lot younger than me. Like, um, and ha- they've been happily married for several years. Like, we went to their wedding; it was lovely. Um, hey, what? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. I thought you. Were I'm not naming for people for, okay, for the yeah, sake yeah. of stuff. People who know us will know, know, know who we're talking about. Um, but yeah, it's just like to to me, like the the only time an age gap to me ever starts to raise eyebrows is when the individuals involved one side is perhaps not of consensual age yet. Yeah, and then of course, uh, and, and and then some of the age gap stuff. I'm like, because it's so American centric as well. It's like, yeah. oh, but like somebody's sixteen, and like this person's like twenty, and I'm like, and in this country, that would be completely freaking legal. And the only time anyone yeah. would really raise an eyebrow is if the older person was in a, a literal position of power due to school or some other form of organization over yeah. the uh, the younger person. I've always been pretty much, you know, so as soon as you get to adulthood, I don't really see much of an issue if it works. You know, if it works for the people involved, then you know, more power to them. Whatever. I mean, if it, they were really, if they were really concerned about age gaps, I think they should be like considering just how many, um, uh, like, rich older people ending up with younger people relationships, and then. <laughs> like if they yeah. were really concerned about it it would be those kinds of relationships they might be looking at not because it's gross or anything but just because someone's got something to gain if one side dies I mean the funny thing about relationships <laughs> what like is... uh, the um the whole thing with um was it Anna Nicole Smith who yeah, married that so millionaire it, yeah but it does make me wonder how many of them actually kind of love Jesus and it's like you do realize that he's about 2000 years old but you know, age gap. <laughs> um, like, but yeah, great, like great, oh, great, oh, great, 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 great granddaddy. Um, <laughs> mind you, they they have like the the yeah. Um, but anyway, so what happened with this girl was obviously, ter- oh, well, both sides of this was terrifying. One that one girl had been brainwashed by this private group, and not only, um, basically uh, harassing dangerously uh, a person in their real life that they went to school with you know Um, because the thing is is the only reason that the girl ended up being suspended was because obviously the the mother of the affected girl basically got hold of the like messages and stuff and realized what the fuck was going on thankfully in time Um, and um, obviously reported them out to school and the whole suspension thing happened anyway so basically this girl had basically the, the girl that had been doing all the threats and stuff, this auntie, as we are calling them, had this severe puritanical notions. The grooming didn't just go to, you should harass this person for liking stuff and not just that friend. Like it included attacking people on places like Twitter. 
but also this person that was running this group apparently I mean, this is what the mum of the auntie found out when she took the girls electronic devices away and unlocked them and just saw like all this discord history and twitter history and stuff <laughs> so um not only not only had they been doing the whole oh this is this is a bad you know bad age gap stuff oh this ship's wrong oh this might be might be some kinky taboo thing that isn't okay not only would they tell people to go after them but they were sharing inappropriate content in terms of age with these young people yeah porn with these young people it was grooming and it was just like what the absolute fucking fuck it it was it was the whole angle when you know when I was reading through it because you were saying oh you know it's long you can skip to you know it's a point. I just read the whole thing. Well, I think it, I know, think with basically my, with my was, eyebrows gradually just there was a there was a specific order you had to read it because she did the actual story starts oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, part yeah. way through, and then it's like and then it has some updates and then there's some updates that are then at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it gets confusing but, to read. But yeah, I you know just read whole thing and it was um yeah it was just the the way that you know this woman and i'm thinking cannot be alone no um the the volume of online virtual and virtual violence that gets directed at huge chunks of the older fandom community and also some of the younger fans who are just like i i, I come from a very liberal household often european <laughs> not from an American right-wing evangelical household, um, tend to, or influenced by people of that type, mm. uh, tend to be like, what the absolute fucking fuck? I mean, to be fair, there are probably definitely British fans of a young age that are being influenced by US fans I, I, yeah, online. I, I don't doubt it because there's such a crossover and it's yeah. so easy to interact well, most of the time, it would be the only thing that would be stopping you from um, interacting so much with American fandom would be time zones. Yeah. Oh, and, now, and maybe if you're not very good at pirating stuff, then, you know. Yeah. But then uh, the pressure to be able to watch yeah. the same thing at the same time. But, yeah, it's, with this, it's, it's the whole thing of... Um, this person was sharing, you know, images and you know, possibly you know, videos yeah. in media, yeah, of um, deeply unsuitable nature, and then and basically saying, "Look at this, watch it, isn't that yeah. terrible?" Basically, yeah. you know that you know the people who are like these are you know pedophiles and abusers. So yeah. anyone who likes these kinds of things or anyone who ships that relationship, which is, uh, you know, I think the younger word this came in. Yeah. Anyone who draws these characters together, that means that they are a pedo or they're about to be a pedo or they're generally a bad person. And it's just, is it the power that these people get from, you know, like basically winding up, <laughs> want to be, you know, because the the overall impression I got with this was that the you know, you know the girl who was you know saying all these things about her former best friend and harassing yeah. her? I got the impression that she wanted to be a good person. Yeah, there was that whole, and this is something that um, you will if you interact or skirt the edges of anti 
discourse. Uh, not it's just like, anti. So it sounds like it, I I sense similar tactics with um certain other. Yeah, well. yeah, but like the, I think that's because it's been, one's been feeding the other, and but basically um that that they're so obsessed with being good and doing the right thing and fitting in, but that fitting in means you have to do the you have to have the correct puritanical attitude. It's yeah, it's the whole sort of purity test. Yeah. It's it's really quite disconcerting. Uh, for those wondering how the story in theory has gone, basically after this initial instance and the suspension, I mean, obviously, A, the, the mother who went to our advice was freaking horrified and fearful as shit for what the fuck has been going on. Absolutely saddened that this relationship that her daughter used to treasure had gone the way that it had and felt incredibly guilty that stuff had happened. Thankfully, the mum of the affected girl um, like, basically didn't go all, I'm going to murder you and your family in your sleep, really, over this whole thing, um, and was very accepting and kind of wanted to help a bit. And so what ended up happening is the anti-girl, which sounds weird when I say it like that. <laughs> the anti-girl. Um, the anti. Um, she ended up basically... Uh, part-time institutionalized to basically be de de deprogrammed deprogrammed yeah um and eventually though they did report the you know, cyber incident because it is a cyber incident uh, to their local police um because actually when you think about it it crossed state line definitely crossed state lines um they ended up going to the local fbi office in the end and it's been properly investigated because laws have been broken you're not you're not allowed to make th threats or promote suicide under a lot of uh, various state laws. You're not, you know, there's the whole harassment angle. There's the whole, um, well, the ringleader of this running this Discord loot group broke numerous laws about protecting minors. So I was like, the, there's all the the thing of you're not supposed to show. You know, people below a certain age, yeah. adult content. So it's like it's kind of a thing. yeah. Like it's one thing for minors to go finding that stuff for themselves. It's another to actually be forcibly showing it to them, regard pretty much regardless of which country you're in. And in I world. would say, you know, no matter what the media will say. Um, most of the time, if your youngster will, you know, stumble across, quote, you know, air quotes, I'm doing air quotes. They've actually um, probably been looking for it. They've been looking for it. Yeah. Whereas with this, it was a weird kind of indoctrination of, look at this, it's bad. Yeah. So anyway, so that's some fucking weirdness we found out about uh, this uh, past week. Um, and I've now shared it all with you. Um, now the world is slightly worse. Yeah, uh, we can all but hope that basically the woman that was ringing with all of that ends up in f with fucking jail time. I yeah, I think it's definitely something that needs to be drawn attention to because there are people who are. It, yeah. It's weird and culty. I mean, the thing is though, is that I suppose if there's any lessons for any parents listening to this, which I know we've got a few, is that if you like the 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 the, the auntie, the girl involved in this, was 15 years old. And if you feel like your child has reached a level of maturity where they can just use online services unmonitored um, and you're not going to have any parental controls on anything, 
I'm afraid that actually, no, that's we do not currently live in an online environment where that's possible. Yeah, because they're not mature. Sadly, they're, people are fucking weird. Yeah, they're not mature enough to make good decisions about being online. Online is a dangerous place. It is like putting, depending on how much access you've got, it could be like putting someone behind a sixteen wheeler and not give them any driving lessons. Um, and expect them to reach the pedals properly and not kill anyone. The, the, the weird thing is, it's, you know, parents would be fine with their kids going, you know, especially teen kids. Yeah. They'll be wanting to go to friends' houses and, you know, you know, all that kind of thing. But then if you find out there's a friend's house that has a creep who hangs out there. Yeah. Then you would be going, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. If there's like a you know, an older person that hangs out with them, you know, and yeah, it's it's like you know to specify where the older people, yeah, you know, so you know we 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 know from that angle it's it's just the you know you'd you'd be I would be you know I don't have kids and I would be you know serious you know there would be alarm klaxons going off if there's an adult who's hanging around with them, you know, with these kids, it's yeah. just. You know, come on! It's it's like it's it's not it's not a ooh oh the people. It's it's just a why what what kind of relationship is yeah. going on here? You know whether it's you know just sort of recruitment of something. Just it's weird. It's it's hard to put into words, but it's just yeah. So so basically, you do unfortunately until until they are technically legally mature enough, you just you need to keep their devices locked down and. Um, and, and and their profiles and that you you need yeah. to properly customize your home router to block certain sites because it's it's just you know no doubt this girl was smart yeah i mean and, the thing and is, conscientious and wanting yeah, to do you know the right wanting, thing yeah the, the right thing but there are weird people who will always try and get a foot in the door in one way it's just yeah. People. It yeah, basically. Um, yeah. The, the the parent involved, the mum, his daughter was affected on the anti side of things. They had, in theory, a quite open chat relationship about any adult like issues, like you know that, that kind of like you can come to me about any sex stuff. You can talk to me. You know, talk to me about anything. I'm not going to get mad, sort of thing. Yeah. Um and. But unfortunately, because they had loosened up the control of these devices because they thought their, their kid was mature enough, unfortunately, I mean, yeah, like, dear Lord, like, the, the, <laughs> there's a reason why there's certain age limits on various other activities or age minimum requirements, because there um, is a danger. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I've seen it so many times with friends and such where, you see, Everyone thinks that their kid is smarter than most of the kids, and that they're more responsible, and you know they can sniff the bullshit. But it's just it, that's not necessarily true. Yeah, you know, give them you no, know, give them a lot of credit, but don't leave it open. Pretty much, I mean, in always, some ways, always be aware. In some ways, I do feel like the internet is. It's a very nostalgic view, but it does feel less safe than it did in like the like in like ninety nine. No, I I don't think so. I think it's probably more of a case of um, 
it was safer in only certain respects and in the sense of you worrying about like predators contacting yeah. your kid you didn't necessarily worry about your kid stumbling upon you know a community of complete and utter, yeah you know i suppose it, it, i suppose in a way it's the issue of social me- social media's made stuff more dangerous it's everything is in an app now kind of yeah is that when i was on on the net you had websites you didn't have facebook yeah, got, you know, I'm I'm just thinking of the you know, oh the the internet when I joined it didn't have Facebook and thinking of the Lionel Hutzkiff with the you know the rainbow and everyone holding hands. But but, but also more spaces were actively moderated. Oh yeah, it's it's just there are a lot of a lot more ecosystems now rather than it being a sort you know kind of a wild west. But in some ways that's worse because you have the okay. ecosystems with that people can exploit. Yeah. Because there are people who are going to live on Facebook. There are going to people who are going to, you know, live on WhatsApp. There are people who are going to live on Discord. And yeah, yeah, that can be worse. I think I'm going to move. Also, on. more people and people are bastards. Yes. <laughs> so. so, so, so the lesson here is: um, your kids probably aren't mature enough to just use the internet unsupervised. I mean. I'm not sure whether that's the complete lesson because there's it's, not the complete lesson. There's there's a lot more. The, the the basic lesson to take away is take an active interest in your kids' online safety. I mean, to, to be honest, yeah. I don't even think that is the main issue. I think the main issue is basically it's not just about kids. Mm. It's basically about anybody that gets influenced from the outside. Yeah. From like you know an internet connection in essence. Oh, I suppose to yes, adopt if, another ideology. If we consider it, I don't want to name the things just in case it brings it's a bit easier to talk about. But yeah. various things that have happened over the past few years, or since certainly at least twenty sixteen, and have intensified since twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, ways of thinking about the world. Uh, yes, how those communities have drawn in people and made them unrecognisable to their families and communities. But anyway, shall we talk about something happier? Because we've actually spent... There's been quite a downer episode. We've, we've, talked about, <laughs> we've talked about our unimpressedness with Doctor Who, the terrifying incident of online uh, behaviour en masse. Sort of cult grooming. Uh, Yeah, uh, sort of Puritan cult grooming. So I think we should just talk about some fun-ish stuff for a little bit. So, um, Retro, what have you been... It sounded like before we started recording that you've been having a bit of a sort of gaming backlog kind of shifty around. Is that because of your Steam Deck? It is. I'm sorry, I'm going to become the Steam Deck guy. (laughs) But um, what what's helped that along was that um, seeing as you know we've moved up to you know this here Scotch Scotchland, yeah. Um, the you know some of the um, the sister in law who lives up here, which is why we moved up. Um, her in laws were going off on holiday, and they didn't want to put their cat in a cattery. So um, we looked after Handsome Jack for <laughs> uh, 10 days. And um, so, you know, it was the perfect opportunity to where we have these portable computers called Steam Decks. We can just, you know, pop those in bags and, you know, get go across the Tay. 
um, and we'll see how we go for you know this period of time. And it, generally speaking, it worked quite well with one or two hiccups, but I was um, I uh, finished off uh, control on its DLCs. I still need to finish control and its DLCs. Do not spoil. Pretty, um, have have you finished crazy. Control? No, so do not spoil. Oh, I I will not spoil, other than I'll say that one DLC feels like it was m- more part of the game and the other DLC feels like DLC. Okay. But it's generally speaking, know. enjoyed them both and I am seriously hoping for a Control 2. So, oh, and also, because of one of the DLCs of Control, I have re-downloaded Alan Wake on Steam, so I'm going to be playing through yeah. that. Because there's there's a whole, um, the Alan Wake um, is a case, which is in the case files of, you know, the Control Agency, the Agency of mm. Control. Um, so, yeah, I will be redoing that. But um, uh, I was also playing... Um, Jedi Fallen Order, which I completed on Game Pass, but I thought, no, I'll you know I'll play it on you know on PC as well. Uh, so I've been doing that. Um, finished off Bioshock Remastered again because I already finished off Bioshock Remastered on PC previously on my desktop PC and also on Xbox One. <laughs> So it's it's it was kind of like yeah I'm, I'm replaying this yes I know every single story beat but I you know I like the gameplay mechanics I saw that um but there are also things like um, picked up Death Loop on PC because it was uh, on yeah the humble monthly humble choice and I'd I'd already been eyeing it up for PS5. And then along it comes on, you know, on Steam, and it's got well, I can play it in my hand, <laughs> or on TV. So this kind of feels like it would be rude not to for you know to get it and several other games for a tenner. Mm. So it's like, yeah, I will be doing that. Um, so I have been generally really enjoying the deck and finding that not not all docks for it are created equal and they don't all play nice with TVs because um, the the in-laws um, had um, a Samsung 50 inch wall mounted Samsung and it you know quite nice um, but oh my god getting anything to work on it oh, I, I hate the interface <laughs> It's a smart TV with it being, you know, very new. And in that way, it was, oh, you don't need... I mean, to give you an example, right? Mm. Um, brightness, contrast, you know, color saturation, sharpness. They were hidden in an expert menu. What? Those are expert settings. Apparently, what? you can be trusted to choose an app, put the volume up and down, choose a channel... Oh, that's your lot. What? To be fair, there are quite a lot of people out there that, you know, that is pretty much all they can do. <laughs> I, I, I know, but it's it's just, you know, yeah. you, you have to jump through all these hoops in order to get into, you know, it, access any of those. And one of the first things I did was I, I turned down the sharpness on the, the <laughs> TV. So well, you're welcome. It looks better now. 
But um, yeah, the problem we had we've got we've got two types of docks. We've you know we've both got a Steam Deck. Yeah. Um, I've got a you know one of the ones that we you know one of the docks that we got um, to start off with, and the idea of these is that they are USB C. They plug into your dock. You plug in the power supply into the dock, and it can charge your Steam Deck. And it also powers the, you know, the USB um, hub itself. Yeah. And that's got things like uh, it's got you know USB ports. It's got an SD card slot. It's also got Ethernet if you want to do wired um, okay. networking, and it's got HDMI out. And that's what I use to um, play, you know, with the mm. deck on you know my main TV. And with this one, um, it it didn't like what it didn't like the um, what they called the gaming mode, which is the sort of you know version of Steam Big Picture, but it's much better, thankfully. Yeah, it didn't like that. It was all um, corrupted, and you could not tell what the hell was going on because everything was sort of slanted to one side and jumping. Do you mean? Um, if you put it on desktop mode, then it would work, but you couldn't actually see what you're doing. <laughs> To put it in desktop mode, so you had to unplug it from the dock, change it on you know on the Steam Deck itself, and then plug the you know the dock back in, and it would pop up on the you know the big screen. Yeah. So that was fine. Um, and then we were trying another um, dock that um, you know my other half has got, which is a better one that does 4K 60 and you know such. So you know just the full resolution of the TV and the full rate and you know all of that. But. Um, it was doing deeply weird things. So it, it turned out that the best solution in the end was just to install the Steam Link app on their TV and then pair it to our Steam Decks. So we did it that way instead. And it was just, this is this is such a weird way of doing it. And yeah. you know, if you, it, it was not the Switch experience, put it that way. So if it, if we were playing on Switches, you you know you would plug in the dock into the TV via HDMI and then drop the switch in into it, and it would pop up on the TV. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the idea of how it's supposed to do it, but my god, it was not doing it. So yeah, we we ended up having to use an app, which because it's it's not streaming from the cloud, it's you know streaming over your local network. So. It worked fine. There was mm. minimal lag on anything you were doing, and it 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 ended up being how we were watching. Um, we you know we're playing games, yeah. you know you know one or the other of us, and at the end of the day, we'd put some, uh, like a film on or you know watch some TV, and we could do that because we were sharing the screen from the Steam Deck. So it was kind of you know the whole all in one media device thing. It just was doing it in a far more fiddly sort of PC centric way than an apply a gaming appliance like the Switch does. So you know, I have to give all credit to the Switch there. It's got the idea right, and it does it right. So it's just a shame that we were coming up with these ideas when trying to use you know the hardware docks with their um you know tv but we 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 worked our way around it and um yeah um let's see lou was playing um slime rancher 2 and uh you know a few of the games that's you know you know that are in their library and 
um, I played a little bit of Control on the big screen, but also Bioshock um, installed Assassin's Creed Origins on it, um, which the the whole thing of you know I've said before about the oh there are all these um, in the different storefronts. Mm. And what's the big deal? You have to install a different storefront on your PC. It starts to get a little bit of an issue when you're not running Windows. Mm. And the store, the storefront that requires, you know, that the game requires, requires Windows. So I've not come up against any, you know, big, huge issues. It's like my Steam Deck now has um, Origin and Uplay installed so you know the ubisoft um connect i keep calling it Uplay. that's the old name but so i've got um two assassin's creed games on here um one far cry um which which far cry um blood dragon far uh, so far cry 3 blood dragon the standalone dlc that they did you ever play it uh is that the 80s one that's the eighties one. No, I haven't played it. It's it's well worth it because it's a much more compressed down Far Cry, so it's not as because we recently played through Far Cry six. And yeah, those those games are big and they are long and sometimes the, the lack of variety can get a little bit, you know, oh I've got to take over another outpost. Mm. So whereas with Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, it's on a much smaller island. Um, it's 80s themes, so I'm I'm already in there. <laughs> I'm already invested. Um, and it's it's very taking the piss out of itself and sort of 80s um, action movie sort of sci-fi tropes. Mm. So it's got things like... Um, It's got little animated intros, and they're sort of done semi-pixel style. Yeah. So, you know, with limited animation, but it's, it's voiced over by um, Michael Bain from Terminator and Aliens and you know, various other things from, you know, the 80s. And it, it's all, um, you're dropped on a beach right at the start of the game, and then your squad mate orders the computer to um, put you in tutorial mode and that's how it does the, the um, whole tutorial with, you know, look around and press B to, you know, duck mm. and, you know, press the, you know, the right stick in to run and, you know, things like that. But your character is complaining about it because it's been locked into this stupid tutorial mode. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's all very glowy and neon and 80s and, you know, silly. And it is good. And I thought, yeah, I will replay this, especially because if I did, um, Steam Deck, or oh, well, Steam Cards, to it since I last played, and um, I sell I sell those JPEGs for pennies to idiots, and use <laughs> use it to buy more games. So thank you, because <laughs> what what the hell do I want with a virtual trading card from a game that's something that I you know it's just a picture. And it says, "Oh, it's worth you know, it's worth eleven pence. I'm going to sell it for eleven pence. Thanks." <laughs> but um, yeah, I like the idea of if you can imagine a PC that you can, you know, use like 
like a handheld or you know dock it and use it as a switch yeah or as a desktop pc so it's it's kind of you know all it's three things in that way it's it's been it's been quite indispensable you know spending time from you know away from home so i am a fan which shouldn't be a surprise <laughs> all right do you want to hear what i got up to recently what did you get up to recently well i went and saw halloween ends how did it end? <laughs> um, messily. In, in that very way, different systems. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who are, who are unaware, the John Carpenter Halloween series has had an interesting time over the past few years, well, since 2018. So basically, um, there's a new timeline for Halloween films. It starts with the original film made in, was it 1978 or something like that? Um, And then it jumps to another film also called Halloween that came out in 2018. Why? And then a film called Halloween Kills. And then this new film called Halloween Ends. Those last three films are uh, uh, from... uh, I think were distributed by or you know sort of put out sort of partly produced by um, Blumhouse, and then there's another company that the I can't remember the director's name, director writer's name. I think they own that are like the main creative force for the films. Sorry, I got you. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> but basically, the 2018 film of Halloween picks up some, what, 20, 30 years after the events of the original film. Um, Michael's in an institution. The other sequels haven't happened. Um, and I, I, I love I love that kind of angle with the, you know, how do you deal with the plot holes that the sequels introduce and go, we don't. Yeah. This is just how it goes now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Funnily enough, uh, I, what I did decide before going to see Halloween's that I would watch a few, more of the sequels than I had done previously. Though I skipped Season of the Witch, which I know is quite a fond one for some people, but it actually was when they thought, oh, well, we could turn the Halloween films into just being like it's a different scary thing each film rather than it always been Michael Myers. It, it didn't go very well. I can't really see the point in that because the thing with Michael Myers is it's not like Michael Myers is a nice guy that no one suspects. Yeah. If, if shit's going down at Halloween, you know it's going to be Michael Myers. Yeah. So basically they thought of the third film, they'd make it about um, something to do with witches. Um, and they were going to do basically a different scary thing each film, but they abandoned that after how that film went. But anyway, anyway, so Halloween 2018 picks up many decades after the original. Michael Myers is institutionalized still, um, but stuff's going on. And basically it leads to the inevitable of he gets out, mm. which is what was a massive trope for the original films anyway. And, you know, makes his way back to Illinois. And that particular town, means the H, that I can't remember the name of properly now. Anyway, so stuff kicks off again 
Uh, and then he goes looking for Sir Laurie, um, the character played by um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and yeah, the stuff happens with her family that she's just about hanging on to. Stuff happens with her. Her home gets completely trashed. Um, and yeah, and they think they, you know, have achieved things with Michael Myers, but obviously there's another film, there's Halloween Kills, which which is perhaps one of the, probably one of the highest, if not the, I'm not sure, it might actually be the highest body count from the series. I had to give up at six, and I haven't watched any of the others since. I had to give up with Halloween Six because it there was a baby in peril, hmm. and it's very difficult for me to watch stuff like that at the moment. I I can can't, understand that. Can't handle that. Also, like you know, like freaking pregnancy or like giving birth going wrong. Also, can't watch. Uh, so <laughs> that's made watching House of the Dragon really fun. I was thinking that because right mm. in, there in the first episode, we've just st- mm-hmm. we're about halfway through watching that, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, there's um... and it's not the only time there's problems. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, um, and then so you had Halloween kills where basically Michael Myers kills. I think most of the fucking town it feels like, uh, and then and then Halloween ends um, where apparently he's still not dead. Um, Wait, so it doesn't end. Not at the beginning, uh, and um, shit happens. There's a new guy called Corey who basically ends up, spoilers, um, kind of trying to be his protege. Okay. And it's at this point that you realise that wait a minute, wasn't that four people's names? At, at, at lobbed on to the bit where it said written by and basically the issue with Halloween ends because despite how you might think how could they make more Halloween films with Halloween and Halloween kills mm. those were actually good films Halloween ends on the other hand is it shows the fact that it had four different writers very fucking clearly and it's incredibly messy and at times doesn't know what the hell it wants to be. There's moments where uh, characters seem incredibly out of character, certainly pre-existing ones. Oh, God, I hate that. There's weird kind of weird supernatural stuff that gets brought in without any real kind of like it, it still remains with the subtlety of what was kind of about roughly in like the original films after the yeah. first one um, and kind of got touched on a little bit in the 2018 version of Halloween, but still doesn't get like fully explored or explained by anyone. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, it, it was just kind of like, well, I've, I've watched it. I, I know how it ends messily. Whilst being very messy, yeah. Um, uh, does anyone want to know how it ends? Literally. Oh, go, oh, go on, because I, spoiler. I, I I think I have seen a Halloween film, but I couldn't tell you which one, and it's been rather a while. <laughs> uh, after all, I am from the the era. Shut up! I'm not old. Um, where it, you had the Halloween films, where you know they were the scary ones, 
And yeah. then you had Friday the 13th and they were the scary ones. And you had Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street and they were the, you know, also scary ones. Yeah. So, you know, it was just a yeah. blamange of popular horror. So, spoilers, Halloween ends with uh, Michael Myers, um, in theory, dead corpse, being having a procession through the town that he has terrorised for decades. Um, <laughs> uh, until they get to this scrapyard that's been used in previous scenes in the film and is a central location for the uh, protege character. Mm. Um, the protege character has by this point been killed, um, uh, but not by Michael Myers. It's worth adding. Mm. Um, mind you, did he do the final shot? Was it him that did the final bit or was it Laurie? I can't remember. I say Laurie, I'm still not sure. Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Um, anyway. I remember anyway. her being in it, but I cannot remember her name. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the whole town basically does almost this freaking procession for Michael Myers' freaking dead body. And then they get to the uh, they get to they go into the scrapyard, and Curtis's character feeds the body of Michael Myers into a massive um, what's the what's the thing you use in a scrapyard which kind of like it's not it's not a presser it's like a it's like shreds metal like a metal shredder for metal. I was going to say chipper, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and basically uh, turns Myers into to mush, so he can't come back for sure. In theory, and uh, is, yeah, that yeah, that's a good theory, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, this like so basically, the whole town just finally decides to ignore the law, and it includes like even like state troopers or something, all ignoring the law because they're just so fucking fed up with Myers, and they basically all make sure he is very much fucking dead. Um, Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, uh, that that that's Halloween ends. Um, but prior to this point, there is so many different angles going on in the film. This whole thing with this protege, who it feels like, it feels like somebody somebody wanted the film to be partly about Christine, without it being Christine. Okay. This Stephen King, you know, yeah, thing yeah, about yeah. the haunted car, or yeah, the yeah. demonic car, or whatever. Um, which, interesting enough, that there's a new version of that being re- uh, written by Brian Fuller of Hannibal fame. Anyway, yeah, so it was... Uh, I saw it. I wanted to see it because I'd watched the previous film in the cinema. I'd watched the 2018 film at home, but the, only because I found out that there were newer versions of the films. Yeah. And I just kind of wanted to get involved. Um, it's but like, yeah. ooh, that sounds like my shit. But anyway, um, that's all I can say. It, if you've watched all the newer ones, you might as well watch it, but I'm not sure if it's going to be worth watching it at cinema if it's still on. I wouldn't say it's my Halloween film recommendation for this year. Paul, what have you been up to? Um, bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. <laughs> but uh, Finished uh, watching She-Hulk. Ah, uh, yes. Hey. So... Despite what all have, the people we, on the internet have yeah, been yeah. saying. Have we all seen the ending? Yes. Yes. I quite enjoyed it. 
I mean, yeah. I quite enjoyed the series as a whole anyway. And, you know, obviously there's going to be major fourth wall breaking. Um, we're, we're, oh, I need to go majorly fourth wall breaking, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And they've updated it from the comics as well. So it's not just, you know, She-Hulk tearing out from a comic page. Yeah. This is this is a series that knows that it's on a streaming service. <laughs> I, I want to know who Disney, Marvel persuaded at Universal to let them properly parody a Incredible Hulk TV opening, mm. but for She-Hulk. Oh, that, oh, that was brilliant. I love I loved that. In the growth. This is my yeah, this is my era. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like the fact that, you know, despite the fact that I think a lot of people consider the Marvel Cinematic Universe as kind of a young person's kind of thing. And it's like it's actually got quite a few, you know, older people in uh, you know, viewers as well. Um I'm right and... here. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah I, I thought it was I thought it was rather good. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where the MCU goes from here because uh, obviously there's been kind of announced like for the next fucking you know five years or whatever, <laughs> actually more like three um, about basically the 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 multiverse saga, which is what phase four, five, and six is, and it's it's like that 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 that's a lot of content. And I'm kind of looking forward to kind of seeing uh, where it goes Um, and kind of seeing the storylines kind of pay off with uh, kind of Loki and uh, Ant-Man, now like Kang Dynasty and, yeah, Secret Wars and all all that. Um, So there is a lot of good stuff to come. In theory. In theory. Um, Yeah, in theory it's good. If not, then there's just a lot of stuff to come. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Overall, I'd say I'm kind of enjoying the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think part of the reason why I'm enjoying it and a lot of other people aren't is because a lot of other people are kind of taking it a bit too seriously at times. And genuinely, how can you take it seriously? Yeah. The hell is wrong with you? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there was a Daredevil walk of shame. I mean, how can you take this seriously? Oh, the amount of people that I was upset because, you know, it's like, oh, it's not proper Daredevil, proper Daredevil. It's, you know, fights and hallways. And... and and it's like, well, in the Netflix series, he was a horny motherfucker. Um, and in the comics, quite often, he is a horny motherfucker. Um I'm not sure what version of what the like, like, like I get that he spends a lot of time hanging out in Catholic churches, but um, he he gets around. Maybe that's the issue for some people. Maybe, but he's, um, he feels guilty about it. Maybe, maybe um, some people feel like it should have been Daredevil wooing um, She-Hulk rather than the other way around. Mm. I was just like they kind of didn't necessarily mean to woo each other there was just like a lot of chemistry there there was Some, wooing there was wooing there, it, it, i i thought it I, I ship it yeah but. yeah 
<laughs> it's one of the few het chips, heterosexual chips in the world that I've been that filled. Yeah, no, that works. But it's just I, the sheer number of people that have been like, oh, this, this is so badly written, so terrible, kind of thing. And it's just like, point to where She Hulk hurted you. Yeah. I did. What one thing I did really like in that, um, you know, that bit where they were reading that warehouse, mm. and it's it's all getting set up for you know there's going to be another big corridor fight with Daredevil mm. against all these henchmen, and then She Hulk just comes in and pulverizes them. Smush. Just <laughs> smush, and they're all down, and he's and he's just going. I, I was. I got ready. Yeah. I mean, that's the second to last episode is worth pointing out. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. And I, I like the fact that, you know, the final episode was kind of a parody of final episodes. Yes. In essence. Because it's like th- these different storylines that a lot of people, you know, as the writers predicted, have kind of said, oh, these don't go together type thing. You know, it feels so yeah, much. Seriously, are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah. I, I yeah. did really appreciate that. And I've said before that one of my pet hates is the, you know, the sort of fourth wall, well, not so much fourth wall breaking, but it's the anything that really, you know, tries to ground it in the real world or, you know, separate from. I I can really dislike that, but I'm not, I've, you know, I've quite enjoyed the fourth wall breaking in this series. Mm. So yeah. it's it's the she's the narrator of her own story, yeah, and knows that it's a story. And the fact that I mean, the, the bad guys are kind of the intelligentsia, uh, who are basically online misogynists. Mm. Um, oh, that's unrealistic then. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much like I mean, because obviously you've you've got the 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 leader of the the group. Um, and he was obviously arrested. I think. Um, but yeah, the, I predict that the, the the it hasn't gone away, as it were. Yeah. The intelligence here. They're still kind of, unfortunately, there. And they are genuine bad guys. And they're uh, yeah, realistic anyway. bad guys because bloody hell. Yeah. But more realistic than, you know, well, another abomination or, you know, any other nameless or, uh, you know, kind of featureless villain. Do you oh. know what? Technically speaking, Wong walks a fine line of uh, grey oh, during yeah. this first season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like... It's like, I don't care about laws. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, Wong is... It was kind of hinting that he was kind of showing up in other shows as well and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, this this is pretty much like, you know, uh, Phase Wong. Yes. Yeah. Quite fun. Well, but, considering what happened to him in the, the course of... Um, Doctor Strange. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he does deserve a little bit of his own time on his own terms. Yeah. yeah. I, I quite like the um, the witness. 
that um, you know crashed Wong's place. Madison. Oh, yeah, Madison. Madison. <laughs> but, but, but how with, do you spell that? With a Y, but yeah. not where you think. <laughs> and it's just as, as a character, I think she's awful. But <laughs> as it, a recurring she, joke, yeah, it's like she really worked with Wong. Mm. But you know what? She should stop spoiling things like The Sopranos for people. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't spoil The Sopranos. It's like, come on. You know, you have standards. But yeah, it's 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 just I. You know, when when they brought her on, I thought, oh god. But then they actually did some fun things with her. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah. It's kind of okay. Kind of sweet, yeah, uh, the relationship between Wong and Madison <laughs> because it, it's. Someone who is absolutely not into any of the weird shit that he has to deal with on a you know on a daily basis, and he can just relax with, mm. yeah, and, and watch stuff on you know on TV and watch all the you know the box sets <laughs> and get spoiled on. Mm. But you know that that's the bad thing. Anyway, yeah, that's basically. I think it was a good first season, and I know there's people who haven't liked it for reasons because they just don't think it's up to whatever Marvel's usual stands are. I didn't like WandaVision and that's my standard for um, the current phase of Marvel TV series. I mean, I, it does I make didn't me, either. It does make me wonder because like, obviously, uh, you know, we've we've kind of said kind of not nice stuff about that Doctor Who in the episode yeah. and whatnot. And, you know, that's because you were shite. Oh, well. Yeah. You, you have to quantify that. You have to say the things that you disliked about it. You know, well, the fact that I, it was I, quite I confusing. Think, I think we but, did no, quantify kind of it. Did. Yeah. But, I mean, the criticisms that, you know, a lot of people kind of throw at She-Hulk have, have always been, like, kind of unsubstantiated in the sense of, like, oh, you know, like, oh, it's badly written. And it's like... In what way? Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's just like, oh no, it's just, it's just awful. It's terrible. I had to shut it off, and it's just like, good, piss off then. <laughs> yeah, so let the rest of us watch it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of digging season, uh, season four, uh, phase four, um, so far. I mean, it's it's not all been you know fantastic, but I mean, uh, you, you're gonna get you know some things that you're gonna like less than others. Do you know what? I'm kind of hoping that, considering that we've had Daredevil and she- Daredevil appear in She-Hulk, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of hoping She-Hulk will appear in uh, appear on Daredevil. That'll be good. I I think of um a lot of the characters, She-Hulk would make the most sense for popping up in other series. Hmm. Just because. But I mean, just because, but, but I mean that the whole if you know, she's continued to provide legal representation for powered. People or yeah, people affected by her people, yeah. Like she's 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 making that her niche, even though it might sometimes like then cross over things like commercial law, or um, oh, what was it that one, that one dude that would always pretend to kill himself? Oh, oh god, yeah, yeah. Whatever area of law that is. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if it was like bigamy or trying to get out of divorce settlements. Mm. I mean, I mean, to, to be fair to him, and I don't mean this lightly, um, because he was a douche. But um, he he did die. Yes. Each time. Yes. It's just it's a hell of a technicality to come up with. 
But anyway. But yeah, so. it, it also good as um just you know, like kind of comedy with you know how you would deal with a character like that. Yeah. Because it's I don't I don't want to deal with this conversation. I'm going to chuck myself off the top of the building and then walk away. But, but yeah, I enjoyed this for season. Yeah. Same. Um. So, I think that's all we've got time for this yeah. episode. So it is good night from. It is good night from me, uh, Paul Wood. I'm Retroid on Eurogamer.net and Super Retroid on Twitter. It's good night from me, Paul Blewett, and I'm on Twitter as at Paul Blewett. And it's good night from me, Emily King. I'm E M King M A on Twitter. You can find notes for this episode over at www.nerdassemble.co.uk. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Nerds Podcast. We're on Facebook as Nerds Assemble Podcast. That is all. Good sleepy good night. Good night. Good night. Already there. But is your plot point already there? I'm not chipping. Do you have a plot point? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Retro must. Versus, you know, like a. Versus, you know, chipping script. I I could write a better one, I just don't want to. I mean. <laughs> I mean, there's like there's a fine line between like fan fiction and legitimate writing, and it's actually quite easy to step over. And that's when She-Hulk saved the Doctor. Yeah. Okay then. I'd probably watch that. <laughs>